The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered cold-filtered, and cold-packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Rotowire Prospect Podcast, sponsored by Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports. I'm Clay Link, alongside lead prospect writer James Anderson. James is going to be talking today about your latest overhaul of the top 400. A complete overhaul, was it? Yeah, I mean, I'd been working on it uh, for about a week. I probably did the most of the top 100 about you know a week ago, most of the top 200 four or five days ago and then finished up uh, the back half yesterday and today added a bunch of guys that are playing in short season leagues and a, a few other guys that are sort of uh, post type guys uh, so the whole top uh, 400 should be up to date and you'll see a lot of arrows and uh, there are decent decent amount of guys removed decent amount of guys added um, some, some big movement uh, within the kind of the 300 to 100 range i think is probably where the most movement happened but um we'll we'll touch on some of the higher rank guys i think in this podcast sweet before we do that though i have to you know we talk about our successes sometimes on the show you got to point out my failures too and i'm sick to my stomach about this but last weekend in the nfbc online championship had carlos martinez stashed but I'm embarrassed to say that I bought into the John Mosellock man comments. You are, I know you are a sucker. I know <laughs> it was so obvious too. I but hey, when you have a chance to add Nick Anderson, you add Nick Anderson. <laughs> I I was texting <clears throat> Todd Whitestone, my main event partner, like when we were working on our like fab, and we had already picked up Carlos Martinez like a week or two ago, and like I just I didn't buy the Gantt stuff for a second. I'm not like it, it's a weird victory lap to take oh, but I blew it, it. it's just it, it. it seemed so painfully obvious that he wasn't good enough to handle that job and especially when he kind of give gave everyone the benefit of 
the fact that he just completely blew it. Uh, was it Sunday when he like, I think the imploded? Co- I think the quote came before the blow up, but still. Okay. Yeah. 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 No, it did. It did. Yeah, yeah. But then, so like he he drops the quote, and like I wasn't buying it after the quote. And then he and then has he the blow up, up yeah. and I was just like, oh, yeah, yeah. Just but the blow up happened like right when Fab was running. So I know I blew it. I'm sick about it, especially because I have, I'm first place in the league. I've lost a lot of ground in the overall, but still want to win my league, of course. Um, and I really need saves. Look, uh, Nick Anderson has been pretty solid. He has a 2 8 6 FIP, which is two full runs below his actual ERA. K minus walk percentage, 28.7. But I am, ugh, I'm just sick about it because uh, I knew better too it, it, it I think it's just a valuable lesson to learn in that you don't have to take the GM's like response to a leading question don't put too, put too much stock into that because it's the manager's call anyway especially since you're the founder of the the line that you stash skills not yeah, wrong yeah I just saw Gant. I mean, Gant's been pretty good too. He throws about as hard, but well, he but he had like it just none of it looked sustainable. Like the two date production from like a run prevention standpoint was good, but it it just wasn't closer stuff at all in terms of just the strikeouts and everything. So, uh, and Martinez, to me, I, I think if you're managing that team and and john mozalek's kind of an idiot i mean i've seen a lot of people that are cardinals fans just really piling on a bunch of his decisions lately but uh i i wouldn't be surprised if he isn't all that long for that job but when you know your your closer jordan hicks is going to be unavailable pretty much for all of next year as well uh I mean, Carlos Martinez just stepping into that role just makes it so much sense uh, from a team-building standpoint. Mm. I mean, he has the stuff. It's a good way of kind of, you know, I think that's a type of role that you could see him embracing, like just being the sort of shutdown guy at the end of games when he probably still wants to be a starter, but this is probably the next best thing. And yeah, He's uh, got that closer kind of badass yeah. attitude. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so I just sort of... It seemed like the obvious next man up from a long-term standpoint, too, since they they have to be thinking about next year as well. Yeah, I just wanted to mention that because, again, you know, I'll do the little Barry Horowitz pat on the back occasionally. i got to point out when I'm wrong as well. So you picked up a different closer in the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational Champs League, Liam Hendricks. Oh, you know, really opened up the wallet for him, too. Are you expecting Trinan to be out for, for a long time? Yeah, I mean, it was kind of also, you know, I, I'm not trying to finish fourth or fifth in that league. I'm still trying to win it, and I am slipping a little bit. The month of June has been really, really tough for me, especially on the hitting side in that league. But I also, I'm not, I'm not even top two thirds in saves. I don't think so. I can gain a lot of ground in that category. I mean, I, it's possible that that buy completely blows up in me in, in my face but i just and we're at the point in the season where like i need to start gaining ground somewhere mm-hmm. and saves is a a pretty easy way uh to gain ground and yeah this is not a injury where i'm expecting him back particularly soon i've seen that you know we have a return date for him like right after the all-star break i would probably bet he's not back at all in july so, uh, you know, rotator cuff, shoulders, that's scary stuff. So, uh, yeah, I, it was initially the elbow, then it kind of migrated up. That kinetic chain thing is, is scary for sure. Uh, but this is the prospect podcast. So we'll get into some prospect talk. Uh, James, you sent me a list of guys who are notable risers and fallers. But first, you know, we got into word of it. Um, during our MLB Network radio show last week, that Bobby Bradley was coming up. Generally, just to, to rehash this a little bit for those who haven't heard your opinion, what are your expectations for Bobby Bradley the rest of the way? Uh, I think you're sort of hoping for like a 240, 245 average, and you're hoping for a lot of power and some on-base skills. I mean, he's he's a better OBP than uh, batting average guy, and even an OBP, he's probably going to be below league average in that department, at least as a rookie but he has just massive raw power to all fields and he's going to hit some home runs that are pretty majestic, you know, that are going to be up there with sort of the, the best home run hitters in the game in terms of just how 
uh, mammoth his blasts are going to be. So it's just, you know, you just hope he hits for a high enough average that he doesn't kill you. But it's possible sometimes with these guys, the, the high strikeout guys, sometimes it takes, you know, 40, 50 games against big league pitching to kind of get into a bit of a groove and develop a plan of attack at the plate. So it's possibly he just it's possible he just completely flames out in his first taste of the majors as well, which, you know, maybe uh, a benefit in sort of disguise that he wasn't available for fab bidding in the NFBC on Sunday. So we all get kind of a week to sort of sober see, up a little bit, <laughs> sober yeah. up, evaluate the skills a little bit in a, in a small sample. Yeah. So would you rather have him or his teammate, Oscar Mercado, who's been a Mercado. real pleasant surprise. Mercado, yeah, okay, okay. for sure. Yeah. He's been great. And yeah, I mean, Bradley's, he's walking a lot, but the swing and miss already prevalent. Um, still waiting for that first homer too. So Mercado, incidentally, did uh, just graduate from the prospect ranking, so nice. that's why he's not on there. Well, it's always stash and season here on the Roadwire Prospect Podcast, and two guys who are, you know, maybe on the on the fringe, maybe worth adding in deeper leagues. Joe Adele, Bo Bichette. Uh, I did draft Adele with a reserve pick in labor, hoping he maybe gets the call. Mixed leagues, deeper mixed leagues, say fifteen teamers. Is he a guy you're interested in? I don't think it's quite time in 15 teamers. I, I think that these are the guys like once, once Kyle Tucker's up, once Luis Arias is up, these are the guys with a ton of upside where I think it's sort of realistic uh, that they could come up. And Bichette has really been uh, better than I expected him to be initially after coming back from that uh, hand in, hand injury. But um, Adele to me is the one that's really interesting and i mean he's just been on an absolute tear uh since getting activated and it's it sort of reminds me a little bit of the way like juan soto kind of started last year where i could see adele just putting up ridiculous numbers for the next three weeks whether it's a double a AA or triple a and at some point the angels just being like all right all right like you're you're coming up uh i think he could probably hit pretty well in the big leagues today if they wanted to go that route and the angels are probably in the top i don't know eight to ten teams in terms of being aggressive with prospect promotions especially their top guys so adele is becoming a very intriguing stash for me i'm already stashing him in the stake league but it's it's one of those where I'm not even sure he comes up this year, but he also has the type of talent where he could swing some leagues in the second half this year. Yeah, a really exciting player. Only 20 years old, but at double A this year, 379, 453, 652. Three homers, uh, four stolen bases in just 18 games. Certainly seems like double A isn't much of a test, and really triple A isn't really – I mean that he could put up some kind pretty, of an unnecessary yeah, stuff. He could put up some pretty silly numbers at AAA. <laughs> and yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. I think this is a case where I wouldn't be shocked if we find out he's getting promoted to the big leagues above or and bypassing AAA altogether. Yeah. He's got a forty percent hard hit rate on the season two, which is which is pretty impressive. It's pretty good. That's yeah. that's good. It's good. <laughs> I, know, I, know, I know that's good. Uh, the only thing that I that sticks out in my head is like I have this conception that the Angels are like right-handed heavy in the lineup, but I think they do really well against right-handed pitchers. So um, I don't think like swapping out Cole Calhoun for Adele would like hurt their hurt their ability against right-handed pitching. Well, and I I think it's there's nothing wrong with having uh, an extra guy and just you know you you play Cole Calhoun three four days a week uh, whenever Shohei Otani's not getting the nod at dh you could you could slot in uh upton or trout there if you wanted to i mean there's there's ways they could make it work i i think uh adele is kind of one of those special cases where he's never really blocked yeah i think so too i'm, I'm looking at the wild card standings because the the uh, angels are in the hunt technically i think right well they haven't <laughs> I, I think they're in the hunt enough that they haven't yeah, right. started looking to next year. I mean, yeah, like they – when you have Mike Trout, you don't let any season go. You don't punt on any season. Um, Angels right now, even 40-40, and 40, 500, they are four games back of the, the second wild card. So, yeah, I mean, they, they could push in all their chips, bring up a dub. I'd love to see it. Um, now, to the 
top 400 re-ranks um, overall. Julio Rodriguez, now a top 20 prospect. What's he doing to, to get the bump up? Well, uh, just some background on Julio Rodriguez. Top One of the top uh, July 2 settings from 2017. And a guy who, when he signed, had that sort of fantasy over reality type of profile where it was all, it was all bat. And he... Uh, lived up to expectations and then some in the Dominican Summer League last year. Uh, most impressively, I think, was just his command of the strike zone. Uh, kind of, you know, some of the scouting reports when he signed, it, it seemed like there might be some swing and miss initially, but that wasn't the case at all. And they gave him a very aggressive assignment. I mean, you, you almost never see a guy go from the Dominican Summer League and then have his next assignment be low A. And that's what they did with him this year. And he missed uh, some time... Uh, I think in like May, uh, mo- yeah, I think he missed all of May maybe uh, with an injury, but he's been awesome before. He's been awesome after. He's uh, one of the top guys in in all the minors in terms of hard hit rate, and that's very very impressive given that he's 18 years old and five months. He's not even 18 and a half yet. And the like usually when you're looking at the hard hit leaderboard, since we've been able to access this uh, data. It's typically guys at AAA, AA, like the the guys that are physically mature and and really can put barrel to ball. Well, you, you I mean you almost never see that from a an eighteen year old uh, in his first taste of low A. So he's just got a ridiculously high ceiling and batting average and home runs. And I I've thrown out the comp in the past that he's he's his skill set's very similar to Ila Jimenez, but it's also I mean Jimenez wasn't this good this early when he was 18 years old he wasn't a top 20 prospect and uh he wasn't he didn't have the type of dominance uh in his first like season and a half that julio rodriguez has had so i mean he's a guy that uh you know you could say that he could be the next number one prospect once wander franco graduates but rodriguez could be on the same sort of timetable as franco so it might not even be that long uh, between when Wander Franco graduates and when Julio Rodriguez graduates. Yeah, Rodriguez not turning 19 until December 29th, so young kid, man. And yeah, the numbers really pop out. One thing that I noticed is last year in the Dominican Summer League, a perfect 10 for 10 on stolen base attempts, just one for four this year. Is speed not a big part of the game? No, not really. And that's that kind of goes back to last week's episode. I mean, the Dominican Summer League – Almost People any, aren't holding guys on. Yeah, almost anyone can steal double-digit bases in that league if you're getting on base as much as he was. Interesting. Well, yeah, certainly very appealing prospect. Marco Luciano, also in the top 25. We talked about him last week. We were talking about your short-season rookie hitter index. Has he just continued to, to rake in his first few few games down there? Yeah, he's got three homers in seven games in the AZL. Uh you know he's he's striking out a little bit, but he's walking plenty as well. And I don't I don't know if he's going to spend the whole summer in the AZL. I could see him getting a bit of a challenge here in in a few weeks. I mean he's uh, even better I think than advertised, and and sometimes that happens. I mean that that was the case with Wander Franco uh, a year ago. It seems like it might be the case with Luciano this year. So. I mean, he's about as hot of an asset in Dynasty Leagues as you can have. I mean, I, I can't imagine what type of package it would take to pry him loose from his owner right now. So um, very, very impressive start to his uh, pro career. Dylan Carlson, another riser, now inside the top uh, 30 for you on your top 400. By the way, if you are kind of new to the podcast or whatever, we I kind of have a tendency to to ignore those who are probably new to us, you can, of course, check out James's Top 400 for yourself. No subscription needed for a 10-day trial. Rotowire.com slash podcast. But Dylan Carlson, 280, 363, 493 at AA. Is he another guy who could potentially leap uh, the AAA level, bypass it, and, and make his Major League debut this year? I don't think so. Um, you know, I, I think that this is a a full breakout season for him i mean he was a a ranked prospect coming into the year obviously had a a nice run at uh low a and high last year but he didn't didn't really hit for a high average 
but this year he's hitting for a high average. He's getting on base a lot, and he's hitting for power and showing off some speed. And I think that it's just developmentally you can let him spend the the entire rest of the season at double a and triple a i would think maybe you bump him up to triple a after the all-star break let him finish out the year there and then he's knocking on the door in spring training next year i mean they've got a little bit of a uh, situation to kind of figure out with what they want their long-term outfield to look like Mm. i mean they've had some guys you know harrison bader hasn't really lived up to expectations for them i don't think i mean Dexter Fowler's probably been better than expected, but still not a guy that you probably want to be playing every day if you're a contending team. And uh, the good and the bad have been there with Jose Martinez, Marcelo Zuna. I mean, he's he's been kind of as expected, I guess. But he's been uh, pretty awesome. Yeah, they they have to clear a spot for Dylan Carlson uh, at some point between now and and April of next year, and I think that they'll be able to do that. But I I don't think they're going to be rushing him up. Yeah, he's 20 as well. Not a different organizational philosophy. I wouldn't think that they would yeah, the, bring him up in a hurry. The, but, you know, they're losing ground in a hurry and kind of fading into not irrelevance, but they're just not getting much production from their right fielders. And uh, it's, I don't think it's completely out of the question. No, I mean, I I think it's, it's interesting to note that Tyler O'Neill has been below league average at AAA this year. Oof. So, um, I mean, that being below league average in the, the PCL is a, is not necessarily the slight that, that it would seem. I mean, you can have a really nice looking slash line and still not be a league average hitter in that league, but he seems to have stalled out a bit. I mean, he's not, he kind of peaked, I think in terms of his, uh, prospect or in terms of his dynasty league value at triple a last year and it just has not been able to handle big league pitching and the return to triple a has just not been as good as it was the the year before so i think dylan carlson figures into their plans much more than tyler o'neill does going forward yeah credit to you for kind of digging in saying hey Tyler O'Neill's not a guy to target. He's a, he's a bust, and some people were on him. I even grabbed a couple shares just in, as a flyer, but that pick would have been better spent a, on somebody else. A, a fun uh, example of a team or, or fans of a team having completely unrealistic expectations of what it would cost for them to go trade for a guy. <laughs> uh, I, w- I saw, I think it was Matt Thompson tweeted like what what does a matt boyd package look like for the cardinals and somebody replied with like tyler o'neill as the headliner and it's just like oh, yeah, God. yeah like i know i know guys i know cardinals fans you you'll trade tyler o'neill in a matt boyd trade i mean i i get <laughs> it you'll, you'll willingly do that trade yeah i think you'll <laughs> concede on that one yeah it's just you know the cardinals really only two and a half back but i look at their production from their outfielders and you know, I love Jose Martinez, but 104 WRC plus Fowler 102 Bader 88. It's like I don't know. They I don't know if if Carlson would. Um, I think he might be better than that. He might might be an upgrade. We'll see though. Um, by the way, it, you you mentioning that about a return, what it could look like for Boyd. I heard these rumors about the Yankees being interested in Luis Castillo. It's not going to happen, but I'm trying to wrap my head around what a Castillo return should look like from the Yankees. It would be. You have to be just a massive haul. I feel, I feel like every team is interested in Luis Castillo. Uh-huh. Uh, if you guys made, if you guys made him available, that would be uh, they shouldn't be trading him. quite the bidding war. Real quick note before we move on: America's pastime is back. The smell of the grass, the crack of the bat, and now that sensation of money burning a hole into your pocket. Just play Yahoo Daily Fantasy and find a baseball contest that's right for you. Go head to head against a friend or find someone online with Quick Match. You'll only go up against another player of your skill level. Play for free or for cash, but the best part is there's no management fee. You will keep 100% of your winnings or play in groups for a larger pot and bigger bragging rights and guaranteed prize pool contests. Every day there's a no management fee contest, meaning we take nothing and all players have a better chance to win. And for you really obsessive fans out there, you can set up a league that can span anywhere between two contests in an entire season. Yahoo Daily Fantasy is easy to play. Just deposit some cash. Choose a game and get to winning. Come make a deposit and get started. Use promo code ROTO25 for $25 in free play with your first deposit. The sooner you get to playing, the sooner you can get to winning. Go to yahoo.com slash daily fantasy today. You could be celebrating 
tonight. Now, I, I don't know if our listeners can hear this, but it kind of sounds like a jumbo jet in here, like a jumbo jet um, runway. I've but been freezing all week in, in the office. Is I don't know. It, we, it's apparently the AC. Apparently, like, everyone in the office just sounds like a, a jet, but I don't know what's yeah. going on. Just wanted to say that in case you hear hear that noise on the, on the audio. Um, Brennan Davis, now a top 60 prospect for you, James. What uh, led to him getting the bump up? Well, he didn't make his uh, debut this year until about a month ago. Uh, he got sent to low A. Uh, he's just an incredibly toolsy outfielder that the Cubs drafted uh, with the 62nd pick in last year's draft. He's a plus runner. He's got plus raw power. Showed a really good handle of the strike zone last year in the AZL, but didn't hit any homers in 18 games last year. Stole six bases on seven attempts. And I think people just weren't sure how real that approach was and, and whether or not it would carry over against uh, more advanced pitching. It has carried over and then some. I mean, he's walking over 15% of the time. He's hitting for power. He's showing off that speed a little bit. And, I mean, this is a guy with the upside to someday crack the top 10. I, I think I, I want to see a little bit more from him. Uh, you know, like a, a guy like Marco Luciano or even a guy like Julio Rodriguez, uh, they kind of get a bit more of the benefit of the doubt than a second-round pick like Brennan Davis. I mean, I think with Luciano, you kind of just hop on that train and you hold on and, and you just assume it's it's going where you think it's going. With Davis, I, I kind of want to see some more boxes checked as he, as he kind of moves up the ladder before really putting him where I think his talent uh, might belong. But, I mean, talk about an ascending asset. I, I think he's another guy that would be really tough to get a hold of right now in a, in a dynasty league. And uh, one of the, you know, one of the more exciting Cubs prospects to come along. I mean, since probably Eli Jimenez. I mean, a guy like Nico Horner is a good prospect, but he's not, you know, it's kind of just hit tool. You know, he's not going to be an asset in the field or anything. Davis is is way more tooled up and and just kind of way more my type of prospect. By the way, just while we're on the topic of the Cubs, any thoughts on how Alzale has pitched so far? I think he's been solid. I yeah. mean, I think he's. From what I've seen, he's been all right. Fastball, curveball, been, been really solid. Uh, think he kind of was he a tough luck loser in his last last outing i didn't yeah I didn't last, last night, night he gave up a homer to acuna to lead off the game but then it was great just a bummer because i thought maybe he'd be like the primary pitcher piggybacking and that would give him a better chance at, at decisions but, it's oh. a it's a bummer i like the targeting the guys that you think are going to be piggybacking to me is kind of a a sneaky move and the way just the game sort of trending like i i started uh Julio Urias in a bunch of leagues this week just because I didn't think Stripling was going to go that deep into his two starts and knew that Urias lined up to go in after him so that's just a, a great way to kind of go fishing for wins but it, it yeah it really does suck that they're deploying Alisley like a true starter yeah I think he fell one out short of qualifying hopefully he'll be a little bit stretched out but um yeah just for fantasy the the primary guys are have a lot of appeal uh just being able to definitely factor into the decision do you think there's a chance that they like are they going to just let jose quintana stay in that rotation all season long i would think so just because i mean who are are they going to turn to besides like alzalea well i mean like like kyle hendricks will come back oh hendricks um i mean i i guess it would be weird for them to to go away from quintana but like Ian Khan was talking to me about Quintana uh, a couple days ago, and I think he's just he's one of those guys. Kind of reminds me of like Yuli Chassin for the Brewers, where this juiced ball, like for guys that just don't have velocity and and sort of rely on hitting their spots, they almost have to nibble more than ever because they just can't afford to to miss their spots. Uh, just with the the way the ball's flying out of the park, and I feel like Quintana's just really been neutralized. Yeah, it seems like a guy like Aaron Nola, too, nibbling a lot more. Mm-hmm. Guy's a little, little scared to challenge guys in the zone. Uh, back to the prospect talk, though, James. C.J. Abrams, the guy we talked about when we were doing our draft recap, and it's a small sample, but I love that meme, by the way. Did you see that where it's like Darth Maul, and it's like he, he lights one end of the lightsaber. It's like small sample size. But in the other end of the lightsaber <laughs> comes on. 
Anyway, he's batting 485, 514, 697 in seven games. And sometimes extremes like this in small samples do tell us a little something. So is there a case for C.J. Abrams to be ranked the, the top-ranked player from this year's draft class? I feel like it's it's in play. And, like you know, we I said it was, you know, that top uh, seven or so guys – I felt like it was sort of in play for any of them to be viewed as the top guy this offseason uh, from that class. And I think nobody's nobody's done more to help their case in the early going than C.J. Abrams. I feel like every time I log on to Twitter, uh, our buddy Chris Welsh is, is posting a new video of C.J. Abrams doing something awesome. And, yeah, he's got a hit in every single game so far, 16 hits through his first seven games three for three on stolen base attempts only four strikeouts i mean it's a it's a very very high upside package if it all comes together for him i i was unsure really you know how much benefit of the doubt to give him on on the hit tool coming into pro ball but he's already moved up about 15 spots in my rankings and I mean, he he's probably gonna have to keep this up to some extent to to pass guys like Rutschman and Vaughn. But I think you know, within two weeks, he could be the third ranked guy from this entire class for me. Wow, that's pretty good. Now, Noel V. Marte is in the Dominican Summer League. Uh, stolen bases, as we talked about, kind of throw him out, but he is nine for nine, uh, three eleven average. He's a plus runner though, so yeah, like okay. it's it's not like he's you know like Julio Rodriguez last year where yeah. Uh, yeah, Marte. Marte's got speed. He, the the yeah. appeal with him is is five categories. Yeah, I think he had ten last year, but this is nine in just nineteen games. So, uh, Noel V. Marte, very interesting. Only two homers though. What does uh, the future power grade look like for Marte? I think it could be plus power, plus speed. Uh, you know, the hit the hit tool is really just kind of the thing with with guys like that. It's does it seem like they're going to hit for a high average and. You know, he's striking out a little bit, but he's also walking over 10% of the time, which is a really good sign for a guy in the DSL. And uh, he's, yeah, he's well inside the top 100 at this point. Might still be out there in some shallower, like if you're in a league where only like 100 prospects are rostered or something like that, uh, and you're just all about upside, Marte is a good guy to go uh, sniffing around to see if he's rostered. Nice. Now, Shane Baz, we of course know is uh, the. The extra man, the third man, so to speak, if you're talking wrestling, uh, third man of the NWO. But no, the third guy coming back in the um, Chris Archer trade. Is this looking even more lopsided with the Baz, uh, how he's faring this year? Well, the I don't know how the Tyler Glass now injury like sort of complicates that mm-hmm. evaluation. I, I still, you know, obviously they wouldn't trade Meadows for Archer. They wouldn't trade even an injured Tyler Glass now. I don't think they would trade him back for Archer. And I can almost guarantee you they wouldn't trade Shane Baz back for Archer straight up. And, you know, he's just been out of his mind through six starts at low A. I think he could get a bump up to high A here in in a few weeks. I mean, (laughs) it's just another very kind of glaring example. Like, you look at the numbers – that he was putting up in the Pirates organization and whatever the Rays uh you know player development staff did with him during the off season and in extended spring training this year it's just paying dividends i mean his his control is just way way better than it was i mean the the swing and miss is still there like the like he was kind of flashing uh towards the end of before he got traded but the fact that his control has improved this much is, is really a mark in the Rays' favor. Nice. Well, before we move on, another word from one of our sponsors, Prize Picks. Tired of the grind trying to win on DraftKings or FanDuel spending so much time trying to set the perfect lineup only to fall short of winning big? Well, our friends at Prize Picks have created the most simple and fast daily fantasy game. All you have to do is choose over or under correctly on a player's fantasy point projections to win. No competing against thousands of pros while trying to meet a salary cap with Prize Picks. It's just you versus the projections. Prize Picks has new boards of selections up every day covering players from Major League Baseball, the NBA, PGA, NHL, UFC, NFL, NCAA football, and more. They're also the first DFS site to allow you to make cross-sport entries so you can go under on Joey Votto while taking 
Tiger on the over. Prize picks really is daily fantasy simplified. Visit rotowire.com slash prize picks to sign up now or use promo code WIRE when you download the prize picks app. Now, James, um, Will Smith, you say he has passed Kyber Ruiz as the Dodgers' top pitch, uh, catching prospect. Is this more of what Will Smith has done or what Kyber Ruiz hasn't done to lead to this switch? It's probably like 70 30 uh, in favor of what Will Smith has done. He probably more than any uh, hitting prospect I can think of has really, really uh, perfected the you know launch angle swing. I, I hate I hate even saying the word or the words launch angle. It's just such an overused term uh, in mm-hmm. baseball. But I mean, he's doing it to the absolute extreme. He's got a 52% fly ball rate at AAA, and he's started to use the whole field a bit more. And even in that the brief taste of the majors, uh, he hit three out in nine games. I mean, even if he's only like a 250 hitter in the big leagues, I think he could be a 25 homer guy. And at catcher, that makes you an easy top 10 catcher. And with Kybert Ruiz, it's kind of, really all all still about projection with him like it's just you know we we know the bat to ball skills are good we know he's gonna take his walks and get on base but it's you know we don't have any clue what type of power he's gonna hit for we already know will smith is getting to to massive power and really he he's a on the short list of guys who have just completely fixed all the issues i had with them last year like like last year he was striking out too much last year he was uh, pulling the ball too much this year he's really fixed both of those things and you know he's he's going to be in the top I'm mean, some people probably think he already should be in my top 100 but um you know I mean I, I think Will Smith versus Joey Bart in a dynasty league is a is kind of a toss-up for me right now so I mean he's just shooting way up the list yeah I saw he was sent packing today back to AAA Oklahoma City tough break for him you know tough one to swallow 999 ops in his first nine games he had a walk-off homer three total homers in those nine games look you know it was on austin barnes coming in but what's what's preventing this team from making this switch <laughs> i mean come on well at, at the very least just send send russell martin packing or something yeah you I, know? Guess, yeah. I mean like i whoever you want to send packing send somebody packing yeah <laughs> I mean Will Smith. I guess they don't really need him. They're killing it as is. But. No, I mean that it's the Dodgers and the Astros. Both are just in this uh, very <clears throat> enviable position of just not having to make decisions that most teams have to make to make a run at the playoffs. Like the Dodgers and Astros could just keep a bunch of guys in the minors as long as they want, and they're going to be fine. Now Josiah Gray, Trent Grisham, both top one thirty prospects. Now, anything in particular that you want to mention? Uh, relating to these two prospects, yeah, I think the the Dodgers really. I know I know Puig's been better lately, but the Dodgers really cleaned up in that trade. Uh, Josiah Gray is he's gone in all my dynasty leagues. Unfortunately, I did not get to scoop him up, but he might still be out there in in some of yours. Uh, if you're playing in a league where like 150 or 200 prospects are rostered, he might still be out there. Um, you know, he was a a high upside guy when the the Reds drafted him he he flashed that upside in 12 starts after signing and you know for whatever reason they they were willing to send him away and he's gotten even better since getting into the Dodgers system uh big fastball uh, plus breaking ball improving change up and he's throwing a ton of strikes this year so um yeah Josiah Gray one of the type of low-level pitchers where he's got that type of upside where you can you can be patient with him that's awesome now we're always looking to stash in this uh on this podcast and just in life in general always got to keep the stash and um one guy who's kind of a low-key potential stash that you mentioned i really don't know much about this guy jose urquidy am i pronouncing that right urquidy i'm not sure okay you are k q u i d y yeah you are Q-U-I-D-Y. He is inside my top 200 now. Uh, I know a friend of the show, Matt Eddy at Baseball America, gave him a shout-out about a month ago. 
and uh, Eddie Almagar has already scooped him in uh, the Rotowire Dynasty Invitational. But this is a guy that had Tommy John surgery a couple years ago and uh, came back last year, and the stuff was up, but he came in this year and the stuff was even more up to the point where he all of a sudden was, you know, sitting in the mid nineties with his fastball, uh, plus change up four pitches. I mean, look at the, look at the walk rates for Urquidy at every stop of a full season ball. He's got a, a, uh, walks per nine under two at every stop above a short season ball. And then you, couple that with a much improved fastball the deep arsenal and all of a sudden i mean he's kind of where a guy like josh james was sort of a year ago for them but without any of the command issues that james came with so uh just kind of another uh huge huge uh win for the astros player development staff and he's looking like that guy that might be, you know, when we talk about like, well, who's next in line for the Astros if they need to dip into that AAA uh, rotation with Force Whitley still out and with Corbin Martin kind of scuffling a little bit. I think it might be Eric Kitty. And if you can get a guy with his stuff pitching for that team every fifth day, I mean, that's that's a real sneaky ad, I think, in in deep mix leagues. Yeah, these numbers really are impressive, and just another. Win for the Astros. They can take it easy anytime they want to. Just <laughs> chill out. Give us the rest of the league a chance, maybe. But, uh, yeah, Corbin Martin, you mentioned him. It's disappointing news. You know, they're getting Forrest Whitley inching closer. He's um, set to resume work on a mound within the next few weeks. But Corbin Martin sounds like he's uh, potentially dealing with a serious injury. Hate to see, hate to see that. Oh, I, I actually might have missed that. Yeah, so he might be a, a faller next time you – well, I dig he, in here. I he, I did drop him. I okay. I didn't. Uh, oh yeah, Man, potentially I, serious. I, I did miss injury. that. Um, That's. I just hate to see that because there's so much, and there still is a lot of promise, but uh, a lot of a lot of hope for this year for Martin. Well, that then you kind of get into some sort of philosophical uh, dynasty roster decision time. I mean, if he ends up needing Tommy John surgery, uh, that would erase his 2020 season as well and i'm not i'm not of the mind that you stash pitching prospects of his ilk uh for that long i just i unless the guy's got frontline upside i just throw him back and i would have done that with jay grom i would have done that with seth romero uh i mean like Braxton Garrett, I mean, he he had Tommy John surgery for the Marlins, and he was readily available in a bunch of leagues coming into the year this year. So, I mean, you can you can often scoop those guys back up when they get closer to returning. I think it's it's a mistake to use a roster spot though for two years on a guy with like number three starter upset. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see the official diagnosis. But again, potentially serious elbow injury for Corbin Martin. Wishing the best for him. Uh, before we move on, James, to our latest entries in the commercial hip-hop jams list uh you were busy in rdi and i know you tweeted out that you're busy in tdgx as well um you added what eight total players between those two leagues yeah it's uh very different situations in those two leagues uh in rdi we're trying to win this year in tdgx i'm trying to win in like 2021 maybe 2022 something like that uh and i like a lot of my prospects in TDGX are guys that are kind of like at double A or, or high A or triple A. Like they're guys where I, I think they can be uh, big time contributors for me, maybe next starting next summer uh, and then into the 2021 season. And uh, Luis Barrera, who's a center fielder in the A's system. We saw him in the Arizona fall league. He's a, uh, big time defender, uh, threat on the bases. He hasn't had the type of success rate I'd like on, on stolen base attempts, but still a type of guy that has twenty steal upside. And he's just been on a tear at Double A. He's a little old for the level, which is why he's going to be available in in most dynasty leagues. But I think he's an interesting flyer just to sort of see like. And then this is the case with the other two guys I'm going to talk about too. Uh, just you know, see where the rest of the season takes these guys. Like they're going to probably get bumps up to Triple A at some point. And if they hit at AAA as well, they'll be kind of more uh, age-appropriate at AAA. 
if they hit at AAA as well, then all of a sudden they are pretty close to figuring into their team's plans for 2020. And in RDI, TDGX, you can only keep 35 guys of your 40-plus man roster. So you're going to have to make some cuts at the end of the season anyways. And I just kind of wanted to roll the dice on a, a few double-A hitters who I thought had more upside than might meet the eye, especially given their ages, and just sort of see where the rest of the year takes them. If, if they sort of fall off, I can cut them loose. But another guy I added was Cody Thomas, who is a guy who is still a two-sport uh, athlete in college and so only has recently been uh, playing baseball full-time, but he's an outfielder who – uh is a is a good defender in a corner uh big raw power and he's cut down the strikeouts enough this year to really start doing more damage in games he he walks plenty uh does really well on the the hard hit data that we have on the site and the uh, the dodgers are as good as anyone at developing hitters so i i like where his career is headed and then owen miller who's a shortstop slash second baseman slash third baseman uh, for the Padres, he was at low A last year. They skipped him over high A, sent him straight to double A this year, and I think he's probably got a plus hit tool. Uh, the rest of his tools are up for debate, and he probably isn't going to be a shortstop in pro ball or in, uh, in in the big leagues, but I could see him breaking in as the Padres' utility man in, in a year or two, and he might just be a good enough hitter that he eventually just takes an everyday job from someone, so... Uh, those are three guys that I think are 0% owned in CBS leagues, uh, so they should be out there in your leagues, and they're close enough to the big leagues that I think it's worth uh, taking a flyer on them. Nice. I added Luis Verdugo in uh, RDI, so now you know which prospects to pick up. James is in which one to uh, <laughs> to avoid. <laughs> fade, fade Luis Verdugo. <laughs> it's off to a terrible start I'm seeing now. It's pretty hot. Uh, no, I won't be giving up quite yet, but if another couple of weeks, like as we talked about, couple weeks from now if he's still off to a bad start maybe churn and burn but um you know you gotta be interested in maybe adding some of these lottery tickets at the lower levels the short season levels and we'll see uh but it's just good to always keep that churn going don't want to get complacent with your prospect list um james great stuff as always we appreciate it i have my entry into the commercial jams that still bang today commercial hip-hop songs and Doing our list um, earlier this year of um, worst, you know, worst songs that, you know, stick out um, memorably bad hip-hop singles. I had Juvenile's um, You Understand. (laughs) But the reason that was such a flop is because it tried to recapture the magic from what is still one of the greatest uh, southern hip-hop jams of all time, Juvenile's Ha!, Great song. I was watching the video doing some really uh, hard-nosed research for this, and I, I don't like the the video version of it. It's like they re-recorded it, and it's not as good, but Juvenile's Ha, the uh, studio release version, still bangs, and an all-time classic. I know know every word. Yeah, I that, that was... Um, that came out sort of right when I was getting into... I don't know if you ever did this. Did you ever, like put a tape in a cassette player and then hit like record as soon as a song came on the radio. Oh yeah. Like you create I, your own mixtape. Yeah. Right? I, I, Ha was on, I think maybe the first one of those I ever, ever made. Obviously it was the edited version since I got it off the radio, but, uh, you know, my mom, uh, my brother and I pretty much made my mom a little jerk kids, but <laughs> made her get us both copies of 400 degrees for Easter <laughs> In our Easter baskets, so that you know that song and that album really kind of changed you guys, my life. You guys must have been a handful. Yeah, we really were. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, Ha's a Ha's a banger. I I I'm gonna try to not use any of your entries uh, just to kind of. I mean, we've got plenty of songs to yeah, choose yeah. from, but I might have a, a juvenile song in a future week. Um, mine, and this is really a testament to how good of a song this is because i've probably heard it as much as i've heard any hip-hop song uh, but it it still holds up and that's uh still dre by uh dr dre obviously off of chronic 2001 i mean i think i when i'm kind of coming up with these songs in my head that are going to fit for this countdown i feel like half of them are dr dre produced songs and i mean he's just 
probably the master of making a pop beat that is also just really good, you know? And <laughs> I think that that's the case with Still Dre. That's uh, my favorite of the many singles off that album by by quite a bit. And uh, that, that song still bangs. I've heard it thousands and thousands of times probably at this point. Yeah, that's a good one. Seems like one that just kind of has to be on the list. Still bangs. And by the way, it, just while you're talking about that, I kind of thought of this. Um, not many Wu Tang's songs that were produced by Dre, but I have a good one for you. Raekwon Catalina. Oh yeah, from uh, Only yeah. Bill for Cuban Links too. That one still goes pretty pretty darn hard as well. Well, James, we really appreciate a great insight as always, and we appreciate all of you for listening to the Roadwire Prospect Podcast. Sponsored by Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.